0: All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and on the show with me today, I've got Nick Queen. In fact, we're in a truck driving to Colorado as we record this episode. For the next nine days, we're going to be in the backcountry finding elk, and then for five of those days, maybe six, we're going to be pursuing some big bulls, and hopefully, if all goes according to plan, we get multiple bulls down. I know in years past, it's been like anywhere from three to as many as seven bulls that we take out of camp if you've listened to last year's episode you'll know that we shot seven bulls which was amazing five went to new hunters in fact this year I'm taking my brother out and we're going to try to get him on a bull that's number one priority but we're going to talk strategy tips tricks tactics goals what we're planning for this year's elk camp so let's jump into today's episode with Nick Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. As promised, Nick and I are in the truck on the way to Colorado. We're currently in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, but we're heading to elk hunt and unfortunately it's been a day it's been a day my (laughs) truck was supposed to be finished your trailer yesterday sorry my trailer was supposed to be finished getting brakes and new lights on i put lights on and they did not work at all and after seeing the way that the trailer company wired them i was like oh yeah i did everything right but it was just so much better looking more professional no random connectors and they didn't get it done yesterday like they I were found out an to. hour before they were closing that they weren't going to get it done. So Yikes. we hit the road almost seven hours after we were supposed to.
1: Yeah, we were supposed to leave at like five this morning, and uh,
0: we left at noon. So, so that was nice. We've got to go pick up my brother's four-wheeler. Which dear. is in Denver, dear. I told you, you this whole. You're gonna hear that the whole time. Yep. Um, just wait till we get into antelope country. Oh yeah, I've never seen an antelope. Or like you're gonna see a giant muley. I'm a freak. And you're gonna lose your mind. That'll yeah, be cool. So but, for those of you that don't know, I've never been to Colorado.
1: Um, I've never been elk hunting. This is a completely new experience for me. Um, I'm heading up here to film with Dan. Uh, we broke down at Bow Fest, as some of you guys know, and uh, just now we're kind of hunting pals, huh?
0: Dude, well, hopefully you're you're my apprentice. Oh, God, yeah. Not Uh, my apprentice, my intern. Intern, I'm the intern. As as Eric hates to be called. Yeah, so. So he's coming out to film, and it's going to be a wild week. So we're going to pick up my brother's four-wheeler in Denver. And instead of heading up to my buddy's place and staying the night there, we thought, you know what, we could shave off some hours. It's going to be longer driving today, but we're going to shave off hours overall and just head straight to our campsite which we'll see how it goes i mean everything's riding really well right now it has been the whole time straps are tight we've gotten a lot of rain yeah but we're on the road to elk camp
1: and of course as soon as we start recording a podcast we run into more rain
0: yep just so if more you rain. hear
1: some uh other than the the 33s humming in the background
0: that would be the ring these things are so loud so (laughs) hopefully it doesn't drown out everything but in the headphones right now it sounds pretty good um yeah we're going out we're going to talk all about kind of strategy what our plans are what our expectations are and with you with you being out here for the first time my brother being out here for the first time it's going to be a lot of learning experiences yep and this is going to be my first Western big game, like, filmed hunt. I've taken plenty of video in the past and done absolutely nothing with it. I got my buddy's mountain goat hunt on camera. I got a bunch of moose content on camera, and it's all sitting on a hard drive with nothing done to it and with basically no interviews or explanation, just a bunch of shots of us walking around and hunting stuff. So I'm pumped in 10 different ways for this trip. Oh, yeah. I think... The excitement is mutual. Um,
1: For those of you that have went on elk hunts, I'm sure you can look back on your first hunt and remember it very clear. I'm sure you can. You know, the first time you came up here and the excitement that you felt, and that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Driving through Kansas, I've never been through this state before, so it's a lot of cool scenery. Um, A little disappointed that we're gonna be driving up the mountain uh, at night. But to shave off six hours of drive time tomorrow, um, get us set up in camp. Uh, we'll kinda be ready to whenever the boys show up to kind of just jump in and help everybody get everything set up. Um, I think that'll it'll definitely be a plus. My L-
0: brother's gonna come out first thing in the morning. It sounds like he's gonna head out around six. Yeah. And he'll be to us sometime between eight and nine, I would guess. Okay, perfect. And I think we'll do some last-minute sight-ins on the rifles. Yep. Uh, Make sure they're both perfectly zeroed at 200, and we're going to be ready to rock. Um, I don't know yet what we're going to do for rifle situation, to be honest. I'm debating only bringing one rifle for the two of us. Okay. But I brought two. He gets first blood, right? I brought two with me. He gets first shot. Shot. It's not first blood. If he shoots and misses that animal... It's game on. It is no longer up to him. So that's kind of the way we work. It's... If you've never killed before, you're first on the totem pole. You're highest on the totem pole, first in order to shoot. If you shoot, then it's the next guy's opportunity. But we've been in a lot of situations so far where we've had multiple bulls right, like, I mean, maybe not right in front of us, but within shooting range. And so... Part of me says, no, you know what? We shouldn't leave the rifle behind. We should have two on us at all times. And I think that's probably the route we're gonna go. I think that's smart. It's just carry two, it makes sense. So, so yeah, basically order of operations out there is to do some scouting. We're getting out to the unit uh, a day and a half. Technically we will be to the unit two days ahead of time. Everybody else is gonna be out there midday tomorrow after stopping and grabbing some food and then we'll be out there two days ahead of time which means two days of scouting to figure out where these animals are at if they're in the normal locations figure out some sign maybe check some saddles and see where they're crossing where they're going to and i plan on doing pretty intense glassing in the mornings and evenings dude what a shot i know next getting video you guys are going to get to see a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in this podcast on the drive when he knocks out the YouTube episode. So it's going to be sweet, man. I cannot wait for this YouTube episode to launch. Nick's like, yeah, I do this all the time, so it's not that big of a deal.
1: It is, because this is really cool scenery that I don't get to film very often. So I'm very excited about not just the hunting experience because I'm you know, an outdoorsman um, through and through, but to be able to come out here and capture it all. And that is equally rewarding to me Um, Coming out here, you know, I'm not just a lazy film guy that's just going to tell you I'm filming it and not going to help. Obviously, like, I'm a a knowledgeable hunter, so I try to help put my two cents in on situations and stuff like that. But the film that we're going to get and being able to see your face whenever – well, just like, for example, like, when we were hunting in Wisconsin and I made those Instagram, you know, reels relatively quick. It wasn't anything – crazy but to see your excitement that you get like wow like that looks so cool like that brings me just as much joy as um honestly hunting is to be able to bring people the viewers and even the people that i'm filming just like the joy of being able to capture that moment and mean something that we'll be able to
0: relive forever dude that's the thing i'm excited about like to get i i did get a couple shots on camera last year and I was pretty pumped about it. Um, I've got to show you the one. It was actually pretty sweet. But to actually have footage, like good footage of it, I showed you my uh, new spotting scope adapter yesterday, or yeah, this that morning. Thing is so sick. Super sweet. It hooks right to my Vortex. For anybody interested, I don't have any type of discount code. But the Olin adapter, go check out Brian Krebs at Two Bucks Podcast. He's got a discount code for you, um, but I got the the phone case and spotting scope adapter, and so that's going to allow us to record anything way out. Because I mean, you could see today looking at the power plant. You can you can legitimately get get good footage from that thing from a mile away. Oh yeah, when it's yeah, fully yeah. zoomed in. Yeah, and in order to get something like that with a camera right. would be
1: 20 grand i mean like yeah, yeah. like oh, imagine getting expensive.
0: 60 times magnification yeah
1: and a really really expensive lens yeah and um i mean that's going to be the hardest part is like uh getting like far off footage because we just don't have the lenses for it but uh, it's a learning experience we'll definitely by next season know what we need maybe more for film gear and try to um, get that incorporated but i think for the first time coming out and filming i don't think we'll have a problem filming what we need to film and that spotting scope will be perfect because if we have oh yeah buddy um if we have uh, time to kind of set up i mean obviously it's hunting so there's always scrambles that happen but if we have time to set up on the animal and get a shot off it'll be really perfect to get that scott that spotting scope out get it um lined in on the animal um and then i can take my camera and kind of film what's going on right in the moment around us yeah so i think that's kind of the the game plan and when we get to camp we'll kind of pack my pack geared or even your pack or whatever geared to be able to just grab stuff and like set up within a couple minutes so that way we're not wasting any time trying to get a camera on these animals that we have a clear you know and i think that you said you know, when you've always you've spent all this money trying to film in the past, and you just forget about it. I think it'll be a good idea for us to go through a little game plan, so that way, like that's the first thing that you kind of think about, like right when we we make the plan to how we're gonna get this done, and then the next step is okay, let's get camera gear ready to go.
0: Yeah. You know, see, I I'm I've always been a hunter first and a videographer second. Yeah. And I've got mad props or mad respect for, like, Tyler from the Rise Hunt. He's a beast. Hearing him talk about the fact that he's only ever killed one animal, like one deer, not on camera. Right. Just blows my mind. And I, I wish I had that kind of determination, but also he's talked about passing up some really nice bucks because he couldn't get it on camera. Yeah, I couldn't do and that. And I'm like, nope, nope, yeah, not I'm for with me. Him. I'm with you on that. But having you, like, out here with me getting to experience this. Sure. And then also getting everything on camera is going right. to be so sweet.
1: Yeah. Well, and and, and not just, uh, like, obviously the kill is a big part of, like, what we're doing. But I, I feel like if you break it down, we're out here for seven days. Um, I mean, some of that's travel, but seven days relative. Some of the guys are going to be out there longer. Yep. And we're going to be hiking everywhere, seeing you know, the, the beautiful outdoors, uh, camp vibes, like all of that really plays into the story of what and why we're even doing this in the first place and why we're out here. The camaraderie, you know, the camp stories, you know, the just uh, that the whole hunt isn't just about the kill And so for me, like, yes, I'm very dedicated to trying to get that. And if we have time and the opportunity to do it, absolutely. If you have to turn around and shoot, you know what I mean, and we missed a kill shot because of it or whatever, I think the panic of it, and as long as you film a good story around the kill shot, I think you can get away with, you know, hey, I mean, every hunter has been there where all of a sudden you look down and that, that buck's 15 yards in the thicket and you can't get your bow. So See, it's I, no different with the camera.
0: <laughs> I want people after the video to want to come elk hunting yep. for sure. Absolutely. But I want them to experience elk camp. Yep. You know, sure, the hunts, riding the four wheelers, glassing, seeing animals. The That's process. all super exciting to me. But the the idea of getting people excited about coming out and doing this, not just for a kill shot. Yep. Although, we're going to get those on camera.
1: For sure. Like, I definitely think so.
0: Here's my goal. My goal is to get my brother his first elk. Then, I want to go after the biggest bull that I've ever chased. Okay. I'm not picky as far as, like, I'm not going to shoot one mm-hmm. if it's smaller than my biggest. Sure. But I know I know the opportunities that are out here, and I think the game plan that I've got in my head and that I've talked to Sean about and that I've talked to my brother about is one that's going to lend itself to opportunity for big bull encounters. Sure. You know, I think we're going to see them. It might be, it might be that we glass them from a mile and a half, mm-hmm. and then we go, okay, how, how do we get on them tomorrow? Yep. How do we because some of the spots that we're glassing from, you can see a long, long ways, and there might be access routes in different spots that we have to drive around to in the four-wheeler and then hike in from the other side, hike in a mile back. Yeah. I, I just don't know what it's going to look like in the moment. But if right. we find bulls one evening and we go, okay, they came out here like last year. We glassed from this two track on a ridgeline and we saw bulls every time we glass from there. Most of them were over a mile away. We kept, we kept going up there and we're like, all right, listen, as we get closer to the end of season, we're going to push in and try to get one of these. Yep. But we also knew that there were elk way closer we just didn't get eyes on them and then all of a sudden they started presenting themselves and we were able to kill three bulls in two days could have been four if we had two shooters the first time but could have been four bulls in two days from the exact same spot and so i'm like and instead of hiking in a mile and a half to hopefully still see them or find where they were we we killed bulls at 300 yards from the side-by-sides right so i mean when i say anything can happen out there anything can happen yeah where we're camping it is huntable property right it's possible that a bear or an elk walks through or that we see them right down the road from where our camp is
1: right that's sick
0: and we've seen antelope we've seen mule deer does and bucks we've seen turkey They had a badger come through one year. What? Like, there's all kinds of stuff out there. We've seen grouse, dude. I wish I didn't even look up regulations. Grouse, man. We've had them. They'll stand right off the trail, (laughs) like you can be walking on a trail, and they'll be six feet away, just looking at you.
1: Yeah, and and not even run. Oh, and you said that where we're camping at, it's like over a million acres, right?
0: Oh, I don't know the exact amount, but a lot most of these units are like eight hundred thousand to a million and a half acres. Lord. It's it's something crazy like that. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'm way off and I just misremembered hearing, but I think it's like several hundred thousand closer to a million, wow. and it's just I mean it's wild, dude. Right. It is wild the amount of landscape, the fact that we can see four different big game animals. I don't know if we would ever see a moose, but, dude, I've seen people talk about moose being way out in the eastern plains of Colorado. Yep, Not, like, way far east, but, I mean, way farther out than you would ever expect them to be. Like, not close to willows, not close to creek bottoms, so there's no telling what we're going to see out there. Sure. I have yet to see a bear, but I'm going to get a bear tag. My brother's got a bear tag, and at least two other guys in camp have bear tags, so... That's awesome. That might be a last-minute change of plans sure. where someone's like, yeah. hey, we've got a bull over here. We saw it today. Yeah. Like, You guys should come back and see if you can get eyes on it tomorrow.
1: Right. Well, and one thing that you said, and I, I want to kind of like point out too, is you said like you, you could easily shoot um, elk. You know, we do a lot of scouting or whatnot, but you can easily shoot the elk from 300 yards from the side-by-side, right outside of camp, like whatever. That doesn't from my understanding is that's not the way that like it normally happens no but we're we're just because we're the side-by-sides and the folders that we're taking isn't like we're going to the other side of a mountain to get on the ridge to be able to hike a couple miles or whatever so we're still there's still a lot of hiking involved we got bags packed in case we want to stay like in the back country we find a herd of elk and we're like hey we're going to stay out there for a couple of days um, you were telling me last night there's actually a group of guys for the first like 3 days that's what they do yeah. like they show up at camp they get camp help you know set up and then the first day they're gone and you don't hear from them or see them for a couple of days and then they come back with whatever if they shoot one or whatever so
0: yeah, we're, typically,
1: we're gonna be doing a bunch of different kinds of hunting styles of hunting and we're kind of just whatever works in the moment and we're hunting in the moment if that means we're getting off the side by side and we're walking 200 yards or if that means we're going 10 miles deep to the next ridge like that's what we're doing
0: yeah it's a matter of like one i mean there's two kind of ways to hunt right you do day hunts or like you go out for the morning come back for lunch go back out in the evening yep Or you spike camp, where you take all of your gear, everything you need for a day or a couple days back with you, set up a tent in the backcountry, and hunt from there. Yeah. And I like doing both. I really do. I like the versatility of elk hunting as far as, like, the one thing we don't really do is set up over a location like you would in a tree stand or a saddle. Yeah, I'm wait. You know, yeah, it is glassing and putting miles on the ground, whether it be on foot or on a four-wheeler. Yeah. And I okay. will say a couple of the spots that I've got picked out for us to hunt, it's very rare for us to walk a 1,000 yards without getting eyes on elk. That's cool. And some of these spots, we get eyes on elk from the side-by-side. So... How long have you been coming out to this elk camp specifically? So this will be my fourth year. Now, I did miss two years in there. One year I didn't make it out to Colorado at all. The other year I took some buddies to a unit not that far from here. Yeah. Um, But because because it's elk hunting, I mean, it's all public land, right? But you don't want to give away your location, especially if you're on bulls. You don't want a bunch of people following you out there hearing the gunshots and they've had that happen where it's like we consistently bring bulls out from certain areas and then all of a sudden you see the next day we're getting tailgated by four wheelers and all they're doing is trying to follow us to our spot yeah and it's like that's not how this it's not how this works if you just now it should work if we lead you to elk you're not going to be a good elk hunter because of it right like I, yeah. and, and it don't goes get me like wrong that like, that's kind of how i learned is my buddy, he brought me out, but he like taught me all the way through. Whereas if yeah. you're just following taillights on a side by side or a four wheeler and you get out and you're surrounded by elk, like, sure it might bring meat home for you, but also what kind of reward is that? Like you're just you're just Yeah following someone to their honey hole and right. shooting the elk that they were gonna exactly. go after anyways.
1: And and unfortunately like there's a, a a group of guys, you know, all over you know the united states that are like that uh, whether you want to call them lazy or whatever the whitetail woods is the same way the you can you know the first thing that a guy does um you know when he shoots a, a buck and then post it on facebook the next thing you know like everybody knows where he hunts so now they're trying to get permission or steal permission yeah. or or they're like we had one year on our youtube channel we shot a nice buck off a of public And uh, previously that year, we filmed that same buck on a field that we had permission on that you could sit on public, but uh, the ground that we had permission on was private, where we were filming these deer, but you couldn't hunt it because of the thermals. Yeah. And um, we shot a deer out of it a few weeks later. After putting that film up, somebody went out and actually got us kicked off the private land because they told the guy well they've seen these guys on youtube hunt here they can hunt here and we didn't kill that deer on that private land but we have permission on that private land yeah and the guy got all of us kicked out now he doesn't let anybody hunt it or around it because you know so there's always that
0: all right if you're not using tact cams reveal cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife you are seriously missing out When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt, and not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, And I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting, whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Alright guys, here are a few quick tips to help you increase your deer encounters this fall. A lot of people like to set up on an area because they found a scrape or a rub, but I'm telling you, you need to put more of the puzzle pieces together. If you can find a scrape line or a rub line, especially one that comes to or from water, bedding, or a food source, that is going to tell you a lot of deer are using it and not just one nocturnal buck. Also, don't be afraid to take the day off from hunting and do a scouting mission instead. If you can set up from a distance and glass the area that you're hoping to hunt, you might see exactly where the deer are coming in and out without just walking in and randomly setting up in a tree, hoping that a deer comes through. And if you wanna save money on the right optics to get the job done right, head over to eurooptic.com and use code nomadic10 at checkout now let's get back to the show presented by vortex dude i've heard so many stories of that where guys go out and they hunt it they're successful somebody gets butt hurt about it and then they'll go and like trash your character to the landowner yep and get everybody kicked off and now that person doesn't allow hunting access at all all. because of a feud that shouldn't have happened in the first place yep and it's like before you go and start trash talking other hunters to a landowner think about this if you were the landowner and all of a sudden there's a dispute between two people who want to hunt your property are you really going to pick a side or are you just going to be like dude i don't want any drama and nobody hunts here
1: yeah for those of you like, that have kids if t- your two kids get into argument do you really care
0: who's right or wrong or you just want them to stop you want them to stop you just want them to stop yep and so, it's like oh they're fighting over the ipad or they're fighting over yeah. uh, a toy it's right. like okay well neither of you get that, it yep, now. see you and so it, it's unfortunate that that's right. what it's come to Well, like you
1: said what reward is that like you didn't gain anything knowledge wise social like, media like,
0: scouting yeah. doesn't it it might be a temporary benefit to you, yeah. but long term it's not going to work. Right. Like if you're just poaching people's Instagram accounts, yeah, hoping to steal their spot, like that's that's just not really beneficial to anybody, no. anyways.
1: And you don't learn it, like you said, you don't, you're not learning, like no the the like my so I I've, I've never in my wildest dreams that I think I would be coming out here hunting elk. Like this is a honestly like a dream hunt for me for sure, you know. And one thing that I was telling my buddies, um, you know, they're all like, man, I'm so pumped for you. You're jealous, but so pumped, you know. And I told my buddy, I was like, dude, like in in hindsight, like this is awesome for me personally on like a whole other level because I have zero expectation to perform yep. other than the camera, and I can just soak all this information that you guys are going to give me um, from being out here for the next seven days in a safe environment with dudes that have been out here that know what they're doing and that, you know, in the future I can bring, you know, my kids and my friends and family to learn how to do this, you know what I mean, yeah. with the, the things that I'm learning from you. If I came out here and got on my foiler as a weirdo and followed you around and then hunted your spots next year, I learned nothing. Yeah. other than where to pull the trigger at. Because next year, the elk aren't going to be in that spot. How did they find that spot? Well, they scouted it. They had the knowledge yep. to find where the elk were going to be because of weather conditions or wind or, you know, whatever. And so you don't learn anything by what you said, uh, social media, scouting, or following somebody's truck around. Yeah, so. it just,
0: I, I feel like the best thing that you can do if you want to get into western hunting is go out with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, go help get with the hunters. Yeah. But be willing to learn more than what they teach you. Yep. Like learn what the ground teaches you. Learn what the land teaches you. What the animals teach you. What the weather teaches you. And when you get out there, you're going to start to see patterns and trends that the elk do. Like if it's unse- unseasonably warm, if it's 70 degrees, they're going to go bed down in the shade before they normally would versus if it's snowing and a pretty firm wind you might see those elk on their feet even though you think oh dude they're gonna hunker down they're gonna be hanging out under a cedar tree or under a pine tree or in a thicket and it's like they're getting their winter coats on already like out west the temperatures are way different than in the midwest oh yeah and especially once you get at elevation these these elk are gearing up for winter and they're gonna be eating a lot of food right now. And it's putting on some rut, winter right? weight. It's post rut. Yep. So those those bulls are already trying to gain more weight. Yep. And recoup what they lost, chasing elk and fighting off other bulls and wrangling cows, you know. It's right. it's the type of thing where the more you're out there, whether you have a tag in your pocket or you're you're filming right. or you're just out there to help haul meat yeah like oh, that's get in was... with somebody who does it yeah and like dude go. i just want to learn can i come with i'll never hunt this place like i will never hunt this place i just want to learn yeah
1: well even if you're buddies then you know you go out i'm gonna help you carry meat and uh be a camp buddy and hang out, you know a guy that you know can go out on the mountain and learn and then on top of that like you know If you're out there with a buddy and you learn and you guys have fun together and stuff like that, you're going to get invited back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's not going to care. You know what I mean? And, I mean, there's spots that I hunt, whitetail, that I've brought friends in. And, I like, well, actually just here recently I've been taking a buddy out who's had some bad luck and he doesn't know public. And I've taken him to some really, really good spots. And I just told him, like, look, man, you're learning, so, like, I don't care to show you these spots don't take anybody else out here and if you plan on hunting out here in one of these spots holler at me yeah like let me know beforehand if i'm hunting in there like i got buddies that i i've you know i actually coordinate with because we hunt the same public but we don't scout together and so if i find a buck like a lot of the times i'm calling my friends like hey man like where are you hunting where are you chasing bucks at because i just found a deer here and i've had it where well my buddy has been on that deer since you know september so i'm backing off because you know he found him first whatever
0: so dude be courteous i mean really in all that you do be courteous to the people you know and the people that you don't the landowners and people using public it's it's just going to benefit everybody if you go about it that way but this is going to be a sweet year i just i just kind of feel it it was a harsh winter last year Yep. In my mind, it's like I know there's a lot of units in, in Colorado that had bad winter kill, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a lot of snow, in my mind, for like a healthy bull is a good thing come spring. Yeah. There's more water. There's hopefully more plant growth, more yep. food. They just went through a harsh winter. Hopefully, they're putting on a lot of weight. Yep. And. I just dude I'm really hopeful I've seen a lot of pictures and heard a lot of stories about great bulls being killed this year and in talking with the other guys like everybody if you've listened to the podcast for a long time you know who Sean Lishinsky is you know who Shane Lishinsky is a bunch of the guys from the crew were on the podcast last year and we've been talking and strategizing and figuring out like hey who's going where but a lot of that's gonna be determined Tomorrow and the next day when we go out and scout. Yeah, yeah, I. I don't want to say I treat it like a new hunt every year, but I will definitely <laughs> completely change my plan based on what a couple of days of scouting tells me.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's, like, um, uh, how do I explain it? Uh, I think that's the adaptability that um, I can. Like this kind of hunting suits like how I like to hunt whitetails because I'm that way. I try to not let myself get drug into, uh, you know, a a cycle where I'm doing the same thing over again. I'm not trying to hunt what I think the deer are going to do or what the deer should be doing this time of year. You know, if I go out and scout and the deer are telling me that they're hitting acorns, but this time of year they really should be in a green pasture somewhere, well, they're hitting acorns, so that's what you hunt. Yeah. And being adaptable, I think, is what kills animals, and obviously in all spectrums of hunting, whether that be bear, elk, you know, whitetail, mule deer, like being able to have a game plan but know when and how to change that game plan yeah shout out vortex we're on the side of the road here JoeBobOutfitters.com. exit
0: 159 next to the vortex uh the gold symbol but yeah um, the the whole thing is like you don't leave elk to find elk yep you've got to go where the you've got to go where the elk are i know i should probably stop this podcast and answer that but i'll call her back here in a little (laughs) bit um i just think that if, if we figure out where elk are, we're going to go after them. Yeah. If we go to a spot and we really think that I don't know we go. should hang out there, but there's no elk. I don't think it is. Like, what's the time. point? What's the point of staying there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're not going to sit. I don't sit for hours and hours from one spot hoping that the elk show up. Yeah. I go until I find elk, and then I decide if it's... A herd that I'm going to make a play on or if there's a bull that I'm going to make a play on and if there's not then we continue right and we find more elk yep and so it's man dude elk hunting is just a different beast yeah and I'm super excited
1: and I, I haven't gun hunted in years like not even really even been around it so that's a whole other like like not not that it makes it quote-unquote easier in a sense but that'll be that'll be nice and in my eyes not having to you know what i mean i'm always scouting and stuff to bring deer you know try to get deer within 40 yards of you yeah knowing that we can reach out and touch and that kind of le- levels the playing field just a little bit so oh, it's
0: it's a whole different ball game with a rifle yeah than it is with oh yeah what a did bow. you say
1: that this the statistic was out here i think for colorado archery?
0: as a whole for archery is like three percent good success Lord. rate And, I mean, I've heard that statistic a bunch. I don't know how accurate it is, like, in recent years. I want to say the first time I heard that was quite a while ago. Yeah. But now I'm like, I could see it, you know. And if you think about it, I bet you a lot of those archery success stories come from guys who know what they're doing. Not to deter anybody from coming out here and trying it themselves. Yeah. But, like... You're not going to be consistent at it until you get good at it mm-hmm. and you have some experience under your belt. Yeah. But it's just like whitetail hunting.
1: Yeah. No,
0: Think real. about what percentage of booners are killed by people who have already killed a booner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Way higher. Like your odds go up once you've done it once. Yeah. Or if you're Spend hunting a, few a spot years out where there. There, yeah. there's that many big ones. Yep. And so as you learn an area, stick with it. And if the area sucks and you can't figure it out, or you just don't find the animals or it's too high pressure or whatever, yeah, move on. I but agree. there's a lot of strategies that we've implemented and that I've learned from the guys that I hunt with and that I've kind of figured out on my own. And one of those is if you're in a high traffic area, if there's a lot of people out there, it doesn't necessarily mean that all the elk are pushed out and have gone deeper into public. Yep. I have seen multiple times where bulls and cows and mule deer will hang out right underneath the two track. <laughs> I'm talking like you get out on a finger and you're glassing across the valley and you look back and I've seen bulls 50 yards below the side-by-side, That's wild. but they feel safe there. Right. Think about it with whitetail. How many whitetail do you think are bedded in medians? Yep. Oh, yeah. Throughout the Midwest when there's, you know, a 150-yard strip of timber in between the highways. I bet there's a ton. Even though it's high traffic area for vehicles and human presence, they feel safe there. They know, like, hey, as long as I don't go over there, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Well, I'm guessing here, but
1: are the—and I'm asking— Um, Whitetails seem, at least in a lot of the public that I hunt, like, you don't have to go deep for these deer. A lot of them are, I mean, I've killed a couple good deer. I mean, you could see the road and the parking lot. And they bed in a manner and move in a manner in which they can kind of monitor the, you know, the the access points or stuff like that. Or elk, any similar? Like, where they kind of watch maybe an access point or... I it's think, a
0: high access point
1: for hikers, so they don't
0: care. I think I think to answer your question, the elk learn our activity as much as we learn their activity. Sure. They are patterning us just like we're patterning them. Sure. And they have to do that for their survival. Yeah. yeah. And so it only makes sense. These elk, they can distinguish the difference between a horse walking with a person on its back, a side by side. They know if you're driving a side by side and you stop it and you're right there, they know your footsteps. They right. know, like, they have such heightened senses and awareness in comparison to what we have. And oh, I know, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, this is all elementary, oh, well.
1: Oh, I'm I completely think, elementary right I now. Think,
0: <laughs> I think that people make hunting certain species or certain things harder than it needs to be. Oh, yeah. Like, once they're comfortable with human activity they're going to stay comfortable and and they will allow a lot more you think. than what you think yeah. if they're in a spot that they feel safe. Yep. If they feel safe, they're going to act not safe. act like wild animals. They're yeah. going to act safe. you right. And that You're might right. mean you walking around them and not even knowing that they're there oh, because yeah. they're tucked in a thicket or in some of this country the roads are so steep that you will never see the elk on your same hillside. Like, yeah, my buddy Sean told me that first year. He goes, "If you're hunting an elk, you have to hunt it from the ridge over. You cannot hunt it from the same hillside." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like that's a closer shot. It makes more sense. Like yeah. you want to get close to him, you want" And he's like, "No. Just wait till you get out there. Wait till you see it and then you realize how much brush is is there." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, wait a minute. You're you right." Have that shot. If this brush is six feet tall or five feet tall and i'm on the same hillside as an elk and there's even the slightest the the slightest finger or the slightest like ridge line coming down oh yeah you'll never see it yep i told my buddy ryan that a couple years ago hunting out here and he's like oh okay well he's an archery hunter so his his initial thought is like man i got to get close to these elk well we were on a rifle hunt and he sees this elk from i don't remember how many maybe 400 yards away and he went across the valley and got close to it took his shoe, took his boots off was walking in his socks getting closer and closer to this elk you know what happened he got close to this elk with well within 100 yards i can't remember exactly how far i want to say it was like 20 or 40 yards from this elk dang all he could see were the ears and antlers <laughs> God. and it's like it's so thick it's not like shooting lanes it's not like row yeah. pines it's not yeah. like i mean these are mountains where things grow wherever they want to grow and you just can't hunt them like that with a rifle unless you want to get within bow range yeah. like maybe then but the well, wind shift and, the thermals yeah. like
1: and probably during the rut is probably a little bit easier to do they're a little bit more dumb and then they're responding to calls and other elk so they're not as inclined to take off running from you if you get within 100 yards of them kind of deal
0: yeah Um, but But the thing is where there's an elk there's probably multiple and that's the one thing that people need to understand like you might be making a play on a bull but there could be 60 cows all across the valley watching you yeah and they might not even be close they might be 400 yards away from the bull that you're going after Mm -hmm. but i'll tell you this if that lead cow gets up and takes off and alerts he's gonna know something's happening yeah all right guys i've got to tell you about some of the new xop products that i've been using this fall and some of them i use in kind of an unconventional way first off i use the mondo saddle but i also use their turkey hunter vest and I take the cold world stand, put it in the back of the vest, and carry it in that way. Depending on how far I have to pack in, I'll just bring a foot platform, but one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also use their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right, how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope, trying to untie it? It's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands because I obviously can't see you, but those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1100 pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack, or I don't know, if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything, anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use nomadic 15 for 15 percent off your membership i've watched elk bust from a hunter 850 yards away yeah on a totally different ridgeline i mean it would have taken an hour for this hunter to get all the way down the mountain all the way back up to where those cows were mm-hmm. but these were guys i didn't know i just saw them and they were walking up on the ridge line silhouetting themselves and i watched the mountain erupt with elk and they all took off yeah and it's like any bull in that valley just went to the darkest nastiest spot that you could find yeah to get away from it or just got out of there quickly and i've watched i've watched elk go a mile in a matter of minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the way across the valley to the a totally different horses. mountain range.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're forest
0: horses is if, what they if, are. If you put too much pressure on them, they're gone. Right. If they don't feel safe that's where whole, you bumped them Cam from. That's
1: Cam Haynes' whole deal, ain't it? That's why he trains the way he does is so that he can try to keep up with the elk. When they crest a ridge, he's got to get up there with them.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if that guy could. Like, he's crazy, man. Oh, yeah. But he's mentally I, not okay. <laughs> in I am, a good way. Calm down. I'm not. I'm not going to chase down an elk. I'll tell you no, that right now, no. man. I'm in
1: good shape, and I work out, so I'm not worried about that. Packing out will be... Uh, to me, like, I heard this... I don't remember where. A podcast somewhere. I want to say it was like... Uh, maybe it was a Joe Rogan podcast. I'm not sure. But anyways, he said, like, you'll, you'll do things that are, like, in the moment not fun, but you, like like, you're Second-hand suffering. Fun. And then you'll but when you remember it you'll remember it with like joy
0: yeah like you suffered
1: oh that was steve renault it was steve renault saying that
0: it's it's type two fun versus type one fun yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. and so like i do enjoy that like yes uh, oh, oh well for example when we were looking for your deer um that you know me and you shot out in wisconsin or whatever like the emotion of it all and then we just we've spent three days kayaking back and forth where we finally shot the deer it's been two days since we've shot the deer it's porn ass rain with this deer circling us we got a dog that can't find it like i was pissed like i was not having a good time yeah like you know what i mean and but in the moment like you didn't know that you know what i yeah. mean like i wasn't complaining crying or whatever yes i was mad and upset the whole emotion of everything like what we were talking about last night but you know i like that suffer. And it shows me who I am. For sure. Because to me, I feel like if you don't come out here and and, and push yourself um, and do things that are hard and do things that are uh, going to push you to a breaking point, then for one, you don't know where that breaking point is. And for two, you find out who you are when and who the people you have around you are when shit hits the fan. And when it's hard and it's rugged and it's nasty and it's, you know, 30 degrees and we're packing you know a giant elk out of a six mile you know what i mean hike in or whatever so that to me like yes i'll probably cry or whatever though and you know my feet are gonna hurt them blisters whatever but when i go home like i'm gonna remember that you know I and mean, very very fondly absolutely i'm excited for that specifically honestly because i feel like this is a huge test um just the out the doors in general, but, like, the mountains is just a whole other, It you know, it'll make you a man is what I've heard. Dude, so. those
0: moments when you are packing out and you just don't feel like you can take another step or you do end up having to take a break and then you're like, dude, I do not want to get up at all. Right. And you force yourself up. Yep. And you start going again. And then you finally get back to the side-by-side or the four-wheeler yep. with – an empty pack or a full pack sure i mean it doesn't really matter it's it's grueling work no matter what but it's like i look back on those moments and the feeling that i have thinking about those moments is some of the greatest stuff i honestly look back at a certain spot on this mountain that i've climbed every single year sometimes multiple times and i know that spot and when i think about it it's one of my favorite places on earth. Yep. It is in the middle of one of the toughest hikes I've ever done. Yeah. And I've had to do it four times now with elk in my pack. Oh, and it's... Yuck. You know, sometimes it's <laughs> mine, sometimes it's other people. Sure, right. But I look back on that, and I remember that more fondly than pulling the trigger. Right. The pulling the trigger, you don't have necessarily a clear mind when you do it. oh no you know what i mean your emotions are going your adrenaline's going and it's all kind of a blur sometimes and i love don't get me wrong do not get me wrong on this i love that moment where i squeeze the trigger i hear the whack and i'm like all of this hard work paid off yep but the grind of it Is where the reward is for me. Like knowing that I worked hard at it in order to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the equivalent of, you know, you building your own house versus somebody else doing it for you. And you just like you just buying a house, right? right? Buying a house, super awesome. You work hard at building your own house. It's so much more rewarding when you move in. Well,
1: anything that you have to put, you know, sweat equity into, I think makes you just appreciate it. And then, not to mention, we're getting this meat that, you know what I mean, is honestly amazing. And the reward of that and knowing how hard you had to work and that you suffered for it makes it, like I said, you just look back on it fondly. And like I said, I think, not that you have something to prove, but I feel like every man, um, you know, you can talk all-you-want about being a badass. Uh, I mean, I, I've i seen guys in the military that are, air quotes, badasses, and the moment that, that they would get shot at are going to run or, or not be able to move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't know until you're there. And I think, like, this, to me, is a huge proving point that, you know, you can do – something that is incredibly hard stressful um and mother nature is not forgiving so yeah. like it's going to be brutal it's going to be cold uh, colder than what we thought originally you said it was going to be you know 40s in the day you know maybe 30 20 at night and it's looking more like it's going to be teens at night and like 30 in the day that's ad- that's an added element of hardness you know what i mean you're in the mountains we're going to be hiking like rugged terrain now you got to you know get an elk out and get it back to camp like all of that is uh, if you want to call it like a proving grounds not to prove it i don't care to prove it to you or to anybody else that i can do this but to prove it to yourself that you're strong enough and when you get home i take at least me personally like i take those moments of like how I whitetail hunt, most guys won't do. I yeah. have buddies that know that I would help them kill deer but will not come and hunt with me because they would rather go to their ladder stand at their private piece and wake up at 6 and be in their stand by 6.30 than get up at 3 because we've got to be there before so we can kayak around the backside. And then we got to hike a hill a, a half a mile that's not even close to what we're doing out here yeah and i take pride in that and it you know when i face something in my life if you can hustle those situations and you can do something this hard like like hunting elk yeah um i think it's a, a big proving point to yourself that like you know you're gonna always going to have a mountain to climb uh, yeah. in your life uh, i don't care how much money you have Or don't have or problems that you have everyone has something that they have to climb and I think this is a really good way to for a a man to really prove that to himself that he's capable of suffering
0: and being successful. Dude we're going to have to fight the elements, terrain, physical barriers, mental barriers that we put on ourselves Mm -hmm. like elk hunting will test you in ways that you haven't yeah thought of and that doing is other what things.
1: i'm most excited about
0: dude I, it's awesome yeah i look forward to coming back to camp absolutely spent. trashed
1: yeah just it's ugh. just
0: the greatest feeling because you think you've got nothing left and then you get back to camp and you stay up till midnight you've got new life you really <laughs> yeah, do yeah, like right. it's very rare that i go to bed early at elk camp yep. and i'm always getting up early You're right yep but and you
1: don't think about like even at deer camp you know what i mean we got i would say we probably got less sleep than i normally get at home and i'm not a sleeper but i slept the best at deer camp in my tent because i was spent i was tired you know we were running on no sleep and then you start adding the the filming and editing and producing and getting content out and staying up
0: super late because tom wants to do a podcast at midnight (laughs) yeah
1: exactly so, but, like, that's the, you know, the grind of it that I wouldn't change.
0: Yeah. It's, so. Dude, it's going to be wild, man. You're going to get hooked for sure. And I'm looking forward to doing it with a bow eventually. That'll be fun. Um, I think that's going to be great. Count me in. It's just difficult. I mean, it's one thing for me to go on trips, whitetail hunting, close to home, where yeah. I can go back and see my wife and kids, or, like, they can come with me, and then, like, I'm back to see them every night. But being away for nine sometimes, sometimes this trip is a 13-day trip for me. Yep. And that's something that I don't care for. Like, I don't want to be away from my wife and kids. Yeah. I would love it if they were at a hotel just down the street. Or with us. Or with us. Right. But it it just happens that, you know, like Elk Camp, it's not a spot. My kids are in school. Yep. and unfortunately they're not and so like i don't want to be gone that long but knowing what i'm about to get into knowing the hard work that i'm about to put in the potential for reward at the end of it all Mm -hmm. and dude i just can't give this up man yeah i really can't and I, i can't substitute this hunt specifically for an archery hunt yeah. So I don't know when I'll ever hunt elk in Colorado with my bow.
1: Well, and like from talking to you, I want to clarify this. If you if you're getting the wrong idea here, this, the the um, the reason you you can't give this up isn't because your possibility of shooting an elk is way higher with a gun, and you don't want to spend the money to go archery elk and be unsuccessful. I think the biggest reason you wouldn't want to give this up is because of the camp.
0: Oh, the camaraderie of it. Yeah, right. I love coming to this elk camp, and it's awesome that I finally get to share it with somebody else. Yeah. Or, like, two people. Right. I've always wanted to bring my brother. I said, if I can ever bring somebody, it's going to be my brother, and he can come out this year. And then, because you're not hunting, like... Sorry, Nick, but if you were carrying a rifle this week, they would not have let you come to camp. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I'm aware of that. Now that you come out and film, they're going to be like, "Oh, dude." Right. Next year. But even if next year, I don't. I'm perfectly content with the next
1: couple of years. Even if just filming, I get just as much of an enjoyment as that. And maybe when, when it's my time, it'll be right and it'll happen.
0: Listen, if so. I told you, you could stay home and hunt whitetails with your bow, end of October, beginning of November, or come out and rifle hunt elk. What are you choosing? You don't want to ask me that question. <laughs> I, think, I already
1: told you. I think this I know is the, the hardest. Listen,
0: I think I know the answer, but I think that answer might change after this. So, week. so
1: that'll be the question. Right now, man, for this being my first time, I think that's a big reason why I was ready to just go. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I, for those of you that don't know, this wasn't something that we've planned for a long time. Like
0: Once we linked up we at – We solidified this a week ago.
1: Yeah, once we linked up at Wisconsin and you were like – I mean, we met at Bowfest and we're friends. Don't get me wrong or anything, but sharing camp, especially an elk camp where you have to suffer, like, you got to know that you can hang out with somebody in a tree and you guys are going to be cool and you can get through, you know what I mean, a a quote unquote a shitty time together and and not be a battle or whatever, right? So I think that kind of solidified itself at our Wisconsin camp that like, oh yeah, like since we hunted together, it made it pretty easy to be like, oh yeah, I could go share camp with this guy, you know, because that's a big thing, but to be honest, if this wasn't like my first time coming out here, I would have a really hard time. Leave. This is my favorite week to hunt whitetails. That last week of October is just fire flame to me. Yeah. But I really want to do this. I've always wanted to come out here. I have the opportunity. I'm not one to give up opportunities. And like you said, maybe at the end of camp. That might change. It depends on how mean Bro, these guys are get to on, me. You got to get and how, on
0: whitetails earlier than the end of October. That's all. It just means you have to be a better I, I hunter. Need to be, I need to suck In September, less, and October, <laughs> you got to be better. Well, we don't get September where I'm from.
1: Whoa. We, when we got an start? October one start? It, it sucks. Dude. That's why I I'm not very interested in early season because at that if you start patterning your bucks September. By the time we can hunt them, they're different, and they're so much different October 1 that it's really hard to honestly, on public ground, if you don't have all the noxious time that you want, or a million cell cameras, which I'm not a cell cam guy, um, don't look down on them, I'm just not a cell cam guy, um, it's really hard to do, so I look forward to finding my buck mid-October. Um, I know where a lot of bucks are from years past and then pushing into that late October, early November. I really like late November too, early December. So, But, like you said, maybe after camp, seeing the scenery and the camp vibes and everything, um, I'm already not looking forward to digging this damn latrine for everybody. Dude, a- Apparently new guys have here, to... Here's the deal, though. Who's going to film digging the
0: trench? There's going to be... For sure, two other new guys at camp this year. Okay. So so I might be able to pull the I'm filming card? Well, the problem is we're going to be there first. <laughs> oh, okay. So And it's just so me. if we need one – oh, dude, I don't even have a shovel. <laughs> I need to see if my brother is bringing a shovel. I mean, if not, we go poop at the last gas stop tonight, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow we hold it until they get there and we can I, dig a hole.
1: I can go shit in the woods somewhere. I'm not that bad oh, yeah.
0: about it. We just, we just like to dig a deep hole and bury it. Yeah, it's and nice. Like you just don't. I mean, we dig a deep hole. Yeah. We yeah. set up a pop up, like a ground blind. Yeah, it's, I
1: showed you. You had like a little. Or you showed me you had a little, like tent, kind of thing. Deal made.
0: Yep. So the Dude, shitter tent. Here's here's my prediction. Okay, let's hear it. In the first two days, my brother is gonna have a bull down. It's counting tomorrow. No, no, no. The From first hunting. two days of the hunt, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday Sunday. Okay. Because tomorrow Sunday,
1: is. Tomorrow is Thursday, correct? Yeah. And Friday going to be, Thursday night, Friday is going to be
0: scout mainly. Yes. Okay. That's cool. all, Thursday and Friday are camp set up and scouting. Okay. And we're probably Saturday not even morning. going
1: to bring a, a gun with us, or how do you do that?
0: No, no, no. You don't bring a gun with you scouting. Okay. Like, we're just going to hit the ridges, glass, sure. maybe check out some new territory. Sure. But we're just going to be doing a lot of optic scouting. And then come Saturday, like Friday night, we're going to have a game plan of what we're doing Saturday morning. Yep. And then hopefully we go and execute that game plan successfully. Sure. My prediction is that my brother has an elk down by end of day on Sunday. Okay. My, my other prediction is that I've also got an elk down at the latest Tuesday, but I'm saying maybe Monday. Okay. And... We're going to be packing out meat and then helping other people get on elk. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think we're going to hunt with a big group this year. Sure. I think it's going to be a couple of us going out, like mm-hmm. me, you, my brother, maybe me, you, my brother, and Sean. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to scout with more people, like Shane, Fish, Thad, several other people. We'll see. Sure. But we're going to scout and then get basically try to help everyone get a game plan that hopefully has a high success rate or a high chance of success. So, I'm with that. Those are my predictions. We're gonna find out tomorrow when we record another podcast what everyone's predictions are for elk camper. Maybe we'll maybe we'll take tomorrow off from podcasting and do it on Friday, right before the hunt. I really like doing that, where everyone's like, "Hey, what's the game plan for tomorrow?"
1: Jacked up. You have probably seen some elk by then. Maybe Dude. by then I'll be
0: totally. Game to lose my last week of October every year. <laughs> Listen, if if I if I could say what I want to happen, it would be that my brother and I both have an elk down by Sunday. By Sunday night, but yeah. really by Sunday midday, and then we could spend the next three and a half days Hunt with other guys, helping other people. That'd be fun. But we're gonna be on pack outs either way. I mean, like oh, we're yeah. gonna help people pack out, but yeah. hopefully. We get our pack outs out of the way first, and then we get to hang out and just help get on elk for other people and help pack out elk once they get on them. And see, and that's one thing, like, coming from,
1: like, being a whitetail guy and hunting so alone, you know what I mean, just, you know, doing, you know, lone wolf style. And just being out there to coming into a camp like this, like, I think that's sick. Yeah. Because that's my mentality with whitetail. A lot of my friends and stuff like that that, like, I'm pretty close with, like, I share stuff with. Like, dude, you know, get a call, man. I got a really bad wind. You think I should go in there and hunt? Like, dude, you got a perfect wind to go in there. I can't hunt him this weekend. Like, he's big. Go shoot him. Like, that. I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's a really cool aspect that I'm not used to is going into elk camp and it being such a – you know, everybody helping each other out. And I mean, I'm sure everyone's got their spots and that they like, or, you know, or whatever that they've, you know, adventured to, and have, uh, it's become, you know, their thing. But the camaraderie of it, I think is, I'm looking forward to all of it, but the, the grind, the learning a lot about myself, that's kind of my expectation of myself is to learn as much as possible and uh, to learn about myself and what I'm capable of. And then on top of that, being able to capture all of this and be able to put it on YouTube for uh, your, your followers and let them see, like, dude, it, from an outsider coming in to your friend group, um, like we haven't known each other for years and stuff like that. Like you're just you're an awesome guy you're super helpful you're funny like yes you like like to kill stuff and you're you have a competitive side to you but you're willing to set aside you know what you're doing or what you have going on or whatever to help the next guy and uh you know what i mean tack you know well just like when we were hunting the island like we could have easily just told everybody, stay away. We're trying to kill a big buck yeah. in here. And we were like, no, dude. Like, if we rattle, <laughs> they could come to you. Like, you know, we were trying to put other guys on it. Dude, the day one, you're like, we need to sit like six guys Listen, in this thing. Listen, <laughs> I hate
0: solo spots. Yeah. I am not the guy to find animals and then shy away from getting – like, I'm not just going to broadcast it to the world. Sure. But – when I find animals, I, I enjoy other people having success. Yeah. Especially if it's their first time. Right. So it's like, if I get in a spot, 70 acres is more than I can hunt by myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to put myself in a good spot, but there's five other good spots. Right. And I can't hunt those with my bow when I'm hunting the one that I'm at. And so if if I can get other people out there and maybe somebody else gets an arrow in a, in a deer, why would I hide that and keep it for myself I've already told a couple different people like dude next year I've got a spot for you on that island like people from the group next year when you come out you need to come and hunt the island and I'll put you in a good spot that we found when we were out there Right. and I get just as excited like when I'm sitting in the tree stand and I'm hunting around other people the whole time if I'm not seeing deer I'm hoping to get that text message or to hear that gunshot and it's like, who who was it? Yeah. Who got it? When I hunt with my family in Wisconsin, it's the same thing. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, I'm not seeing a lot of deer, but I really, really hope I hear a gun go off soon. Yeah, yep. Because that means somebody's seen deer. And, yep. I mean, we're already texting, talking, like, hey, right. you guys seen anything? Hey, I've seen this many. Man, is yep. dead over here. Whatever. Right. Or, hey, does anybody have any extra hand warmers? Because I am freezing cold right now. <laughs> but... I just love, I love when people are successful at hunting. Yeah. It just, it's exciting for, it's exciting for everybody, not just them. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yep. Now. Especially first timers. I will say there might be a little bit of like, dang it, are you serious? If we went out there, if we hunted that hard on the island and all of a sudden I said, hey, if you need a place to hunt, come hang in this tree. Yeah. And then they shoot the buck that I was hoping to see. Sure. I'm going to be so pumped to actually see that buck on the ground. Yeah. But there is going to be that, like, dang, dude, we got him. Yeah, Like, yeah. of course. I was hoping to have an encounter with him Yeah, or another encounter.
1: Well, where I was going with that is, like, to be brought on to your team, if you will, um, and be able to help you and help showcase what you do and your mentality and your personality we were very very similar in that yeah. aspect anyways so like to be able to show that to people brings me a lot of joy because I know I'm not here um, filming for some asshole that you know what I mean is going to be screaming at me on the side of the mountain because I'm not getting the shot right or yeah. you know what I mean like you're you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. that that's cool for me. And then it makes me want to perform because I know it's important to you, not only on the side of like, yes, you want to be successful and you want to, this to look good. But the biggest reason that you want to bring content to people, it's the same reason I want to bring content to people, is to motivate you to get in the woods. To help you and and to be a guy that you can call, refer to, watch a video and learn and be like, man, I'm successful and I went out here and I listened to Dan's podcast. It got me pumped up. I went and watched that YouTube video and you know what? I saved my money. I got an elk tag and I went out with the boys and we did it. Like, you know what I mean? And to be that reason that someone bought a tag and that somebody was successful and giving back to the hunting community and getting new hunters involved in the the community, like that's what it's all about for you. And that lines up with exactly what I want to do.
0: Dude, there's nothing more rewarding than the messages I get. And I need to start asking permission to post them because I've had a couple people reach out and they're like dude after listening to this podcast specifically like this episode yeah it made me go and get my license and get back out in the woods yeah like I hadn't been out there and I missed it or right dude I've never done this and hearing you talk about it made me really want to try it and so I went and I hunted a different state than I ever have or hunted a different species and that to me I'm like yes right yes like this is why I, I don't share stories to brag about my success. No. I share stories for entertainment mm-hmm. and to hopefully encourage other people that there's stuff out there that you never thought you could do that you can And I'm right. not just saying the physical side of it, but just opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like you can go and hunt almost any state right now. It oh, might yeah. not be for the exact species you want, but I, I would be surprised if any state... Doesn't have something. Doesn't have some type of over-the-counter outdoor opportunity. Yeah. Fishing, hunting, yep. like you and can. And you go, can make it the adventure you want. For it. sure. You can make it yeah. as easy yep. or as hard as you want. Yep. As expensive or as cheap as you want. Absolutely. Obviously, minus the tag sale. Sure. But other than that, you've got a lot of control over how much you're gonna spend, yep. how much time you're gonna be out there, where you're gonna go, what you're gonna hunt, and so hopefully. This podcast, podcasts like it, podcasts that we do this week at Elk Camp, get people fired up. And then to top it all off, at the end of the week, hopefully we've got a solid, solid YouTube video or multiple YouTube videos that we can share with people. We'll have a
1: lot of content.
0: There's going to be a lot of content. Yes. And maybe even a whole YouTube episode of, like behind the scenes a bunch of blue,
1: a bunch of stuff that we're not supposed to show you but we're going to show you
0: maybe some <laughs> m for mature stuff <laughs> this is not a pc this is man, yeah this is, this is not candle. a pc or a pg yeah candle. i
1: got called an a, what do you say that little ass hat that you're you're hanging out with <laughs> and the guy don't even know me <laughs> oh dude
0: you you better be ready to dish it out and take it oh all day yeah i was so, in the
1: military brother i could take it
0: oh yeah they're so, mean we're gonna wrap this one up i see a gas station i'm at 80 miles and 80 miles is not a lot of gas when you're in the middle of kansas nope. and you don't know where the next gas station is so it's
1: 650 right now and we're probably gonna be pulling in oh. we'll be pulling into camp to what around
0: one in the morning two in the morning two, three probably yeah, two three in the morning so we got a lot of ways to go but also we've got to get gas quickly because I want to get on the road with enough light for you to see your first antelope tonight. Oh, yeah, I've never seen an antelope, so we definitely I've need been, to do I've that. I've been keeping an eye out. I don't think we're quite there. Too. Maybe 20, 30 minutes, and we're going to be in antelope country. Perfect. So. All right, man. All right. Thanks man. for joining me. And uh, everybody, get ready for next week's episode where Nick we tells have more you predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, yeah, next week's episode's not going to be. Nick tells you the he's giving up Whitetail. <laughs> oh, dude, it might be that already. So. All right, Elk Camp 23, baby! Elk Camp 2023! Woo!